0: two mats that's the number two m-a-t-t-s and there's a link in the show notes life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs united healthcare can help get you covered with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans they supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
1: Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our
0: socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe
1: sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it, Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
0: Hello, I'm Matt Kelly. And I'm Matt Dancona. And this is the two mats for the week ending Friday, the 14th of July. Have you seen our position in the charts? We are up. With a bullet galloping are, up into like number 20. I told you we were wham, other. and we, we are. are wham, are oh, as nothing compared to the success yeah, of the two. Tell like all your rig- friends, get us, get us into the top 10. I want yeah. to see Alistair Campbell nervous and looking over edgy. his shoulder, edgy, as edgy is all the time, isn't he?
1: <laughs> anyway, what did we talk about this week? This week, we had a sort of bumper Hugh Edwards BBC special, we did, and I think we. Disagreed a bit, which we was disagreed quite a lot. Quite actually. a lot, which was yeah. um, kind of interesting. And In a
0: very amiable, we Well,
1: look, we're but, about all about civilized. Discourse. We didn't come to blows. No, I mean that's after, but it's um, <laughs> it's um, it would be Elon Musk versus Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg situation. Yeah. Yeah. Wait till the Octagon is set up outside yeah. the studio. Um, no, but it was a really interesting discussion, and and uh, I think it it sort of showed that this story, which I may baffle some people a bit in its particularity and its yeah. uh, personalities um actually does have very general implications and it's a it is a big yeah. story there actually. are a lot of strands to it there are a it? lot of strands and they're by no means uh, complete or not at, all. Satisfactory not at all
0: not at all so what are
1: we going to call the episode i think hue and cry
0: was just i like that good band good band okay so this is the two mats episode four hue and cry enjoy enjoy So, Matt, only one story this week. Well, yeah. uh, if you believe every front page in the nation. And
1: now we can name the... We can. The focus of that story, who mm. is uh, Hugh Edwards, the veteran BBC presenter, who was finally identified, we're recording this on Thursday. Uh, Hugh Edwards was finally identified in a statement by his wife, Vicky Lint, given out initially to the BBC uh, around 6pm on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And, of course, this uh, was a massive development in what's been a kind of all-consuming story. Cause, yeah. There's uh, so many layers to the story. So many layers, and we'll try and unravel them and, mm. and, and give it its full justice, full-spectrum justice, because I think it's, uh, it's, it, it is it's a nuanced story, mm. and you know there are lots of aspects of it to unpick. But I think the first thing to say is that it's still going as a story. Yeah.
0: What I find weird is the... Abhorrent, I think, behaviour of the sun being cried about because the sun has always been abhorrent. You know, this is what the sun does. Yeah. I feel like people complaining, you know, has the sun made a mistake? You know, did they get it wrong? Which is the banner headlines on a lot of kind of talk show stuff at the moment. Really, really bizarre because the sun, since its inception, has been ruining people's lives for yes, personal uh, mistakes.
1: Yes, uh, that, I mean, uh, we should, I suppose, say that the sun half broke the story by saying there was yeah. an unnamed BBC presenter uh, against whom there were initially a, the allegation that um, Hugh Edwards had been paying a young person. A 17-year-old. Yeah, which 17 is, years, which would, which would have been Which is very important, yeah. For uh, sexually explicit images. Yeah. We now know, just to be clear, that the, the, the police have investigated the allegations and do not find any basis for criminal yeah. charges. However, just to return to your point about the Sun, Matt, I think this is really important because there was a rush last night to do several things. One of which was to say this is no longer a story about Hugh Edwards and the BBC, it's a story about the villainy of the Sun. Mm. Now, I'm the first to join in, you know, uh, Murdoch villainy stories, but the Sun was punctilious in not breaking libel or privacy laws. Mm. You know, in, indeed, you know, some of its reporters, I think, were slightly surprised at how reticent. The paper was that, but
0: really? Do you? Re- I mean, they threw a hand grenade into a crowded room. They walked did, away and said, "Well, make that, it up as you go along." Yeah, afterwards. but here
1: is the other. Here is the. Here is the thing where the hypocrisy bites, which is that everyone is now saying, "Wicked son, terrible son, evil son." Uh-huh. Having followed the story in every major news platform, yeah, yeah. And, you know, all day long, for all day long, days, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. the, you know, if that if that was the case that the yeah. son is inherently wicked and the story was inherently wicked, well one way of handling that was for every news platform yeah. to say, which is what editors are there for, what news editors are there for, is to say, we're not going to touch this. Yeah, And some newspapers followed it more than others, yeah. to be fair.
0: and Well, the, the, I mean, this is one of the great ironies that I think uh, should be discussed, is is the, the media organisation that followed it the most was the BBC yeah. itself. And the BBC shat itself, as, yes. as, as it always does, when it is challenged by right-wing media with an agenda because it overcompensates massively
1: i suppose that's one way of looking at it another way of looking at it is that one of the things that makes the bbc unique in the world is it is literally the only news organization in the world that investigates its own staff yeah. while those staff i mean this is not the first time this has yeah. happened i mean it, it it investigated jimmy savile and yeah. that led to a very unhappy resolution but I think there's something extraordinary about the fact that, even as those changes were happening last night, um his wife's statement said that he Hugh Edwards was you know very sadly in hospital with yeah, mental with mental acute health, depression with yeah. acute depression and we know he's had mental health yeah. issues in the past, even then, the BBC was still making public new allegations That's against right. him right. and there is a, there's a, another twist which if if true is really uh turns the whole story on its head is that it appears that Victoria Derbyshire of Newsnight was the first person to actually initiate the investigation before The Sun went public with the claim. Right. So, you know, and even if that's not true, yeah. if you look at the six or seven cases that yeah. have now been... Up, that have come up. Yeah. Uh, you know, at least three of them have come from the BBC. But the
0: thing, so this is this is one of the salient points that I think is absolutely central to what's gone wrong in this story is that the only thing we know for sure right now the only thing we know for absolutely certain is that he did not pay a 17 year old money for indecent images which is what the son initially claimed because if he had the the police police would would have been prosecuting him so that's the only thing we know for certain everything else has come out since and Maybe uh, if what you've just said is true, there have been other complaints that were ongoing when The Sun ran the story. But that seems, if if Victoria Derbyshire has had a complaint about Hugh Edwards' behaviour, it seems that what she has apparently done, putting a complaint internally, is the correct way to go about that and for it to be addressed. The people who've come out and said, he made me feel uncomfortable, he came on to me, sent me flirtatious messages he approached me on a dating app and was rude to me or angry with me uh, when I rebutted his advances. All of those people could have made an internal complaint and and it could have been addressed internally. And in the old days, not that long ago, he may have been disciplined internally, warned about his behaviour, given a, a written warning at work, this kind of thing, which happens all the time in every workplace. What wouldn't have happened would be that he'd be He'd spend a week being pilloried and his family put under such brutal, brutal pressure. And the whole thing about his deficiencies, which I'm sure are true. I mean, it's clearly he's acted in a very seedy manner, but not the first and won't be the last in a very human failing way. His deficiencies have become a national parlour game. And it's there's something disgusting about it, I think. And I think it speaks not just about the media and social media. I think it speaks about what we are like as people, that we enjoy yeah, no, this the, the, kind the, of shit. Obviously, you know?
1: relish is vile. Yes. Okay, but let me push back a bit, which is to say there are, I think, two key points here which uh, can get obscured in the kind of... Uh, the, the He hasn't done anything in a legal argument mm-hmm. and the emphasis upon his mental health predicament which of course one empathizes with enormously and they're this number one part of the problem here is goes way beyond this case and is partly why we're also fixated on it which is since 2017 and the initial surge of me too we haven't really worked out what we do when there are cases that don't involve criminality because the whole point of me too was that it wasn't just to do with breaking the law it was to do with what was appropriate what was acceptable what what was expected of individuals in the public space and indeed the private space and there was a great deal of sort of energy behind that movement and rightly so Mm. but what we haven't done is worked out what the new rules are yeah and so what are the rules in, in in the case of someone like Hugh Edwards now we have to be very specific. He is a unique figure at a unique organisation. He is not a Radio 6 DJ. Mm-hmm. He is the voice of the BBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, paid four hundred and thirty five thousand pounds a year to be the dignified, decorous voice of the nation, as, say, Richard Dimbleby was in yeah. the past, to anchor general election night, to comment on the coronation. Yeah you know which he does which, which he, he does, does brilliantly, brilliantly. Yeah. we you know yeah. and we all remember him yeah. announcing the death of the queen yeah that's what he's paid to do yeah and with that comes certain expectations which you wouldn't necessarily make of everyone at the bbc you know that the reason that talent at the bbc is paid different amounts of money is because they have different roles it's a huge organization yeah and i don't think it's unreasonable to expect someone who is has sought and has a obtain this particular unique role yeah. in the life of the country to to uh, uh, you know adopt higher standards of, of private behavior i don't think that's unreasonable to yes okay to a degree i i,
0: I, I go along with 89% of that but where i do think this is different is I, I'll tell you a story. A, a friend of mine who was the, he was the person who said, well, according to all my mates at the BBC, the yeah. former BBC executive said, it's this person and said, it's you Edwards. And I said, okay, wow. You know, and he said, and he described it as it's a horrible personal implosion. And when he communicated that to me, he gave me the sense that he was a man who was having a, a personal crisis. That seems to me clearly, unless, you know, and maybe I'll be proven wrong, unless it comes out that he's been behaving like this all his career, you know, and he's been an absolute bastard to work for and he's, uh, you know, been intimidatory and he's been sexually aggress- aggressive to people. But it, it, it seems like he, he, got, he got quite far up the, the, the ladder of a big corporation to, to have been such a beast, you know. So... Maybe it's possible that he's having a breakdown. He's had a breakdown. I don't want to sound like the bleeding heart liberal mitigating everything, but I'm just saying there is a human factor to this, which it is the butterfly on the wheel. I feel that he has been
1: absolutely crushed. I I totally, I totally understand that. And of course sympathize with him and his family. And it's a great, courage for his wife to issue that Yeah, statement.
0: but his wife, by the way, who I didn't know is the editor of Peston. Robert Peston's the show. Peston's yeah, and show. very highly thought of. Every, everybody, you know. not a bad word to say ever.
1: But the fact that they're a nice couple yeah. with, with respect yeah, yeah, yeah. is irrelevant. Mm. Um, is it? Well, you see, here's the thing that, that that stuck in my craw as all this was unfolding last night. It was like watching the middle-aged patriarchy weaponising the hashtag be kind that you see on social media and circling the wagons within about half an hour around Hugh
0: Edwards, around Hugh Edwards, right?
1: He's a great guy. He's suffering from mental illness. You know, no one that I was aware of was, was mentioning the complainants Mm. who are all, I imagine less powerful than Hugh Edwards, unless something very unusual has happened and are now being left a bit to swing in the wind. But but
0: can I just, sorry to pause you just at that point, think, the, the complaints of the complainants, and maybe I'll get hung out to dry for saying this, but they don't seem to be in the category of offence that would warrant anything close to what Hugh Edwards has gone through. The well, whole, the only reason Hugh Edwards has gone through what he's gone through is because The Sun printed a story that we know at least the the core aspect of it was wrong. Because, as we said before, if it was right, he'd be under arrest by now and being investigated.
1: Right. But uh, there is clearly a pattern of behaviour here, which is why it's good, I think, that the BBC has not dumped its mm. internal inquiry. Mm. And I think if that pattern of behaviour is real, and I don't know, you know, yeah. none of us know. Well, let's assume it is. Let's assume it of is. Argument, yeah. Then that probably is inconsistent yeah. with, with him continuing to yeah. occupy that central role at the corporation. Yeah. And I do think it was very striking that, what his wife had to say included not a mention of the complainants, except to say in the broadest terms that she hoped everyone involved in all this would have their privacy observed.
0: Yeah, I think she was talking more about Jeremy Vine. and co-hosting. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, and,
1: yeah. All the, and then there was this very pointed uh, apology to Hugh Edwards's colleagues. Yeah, now, yeah, normally yeah. in these situations, even if the person at the heart of the matter is innocent mm. there's an expression of empathy for though for, for the complainants yeah but as of last night mm. we had saint hugh and the complainants just left out to dry now my feeling about this is that and sort of trying to draw back a bit there was a very this has this story has followed a very weird arc which you know we might talk a bit about at some point about social media which is that you know you and i've been talking privately about the fact that we knew it was him for several days and 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 many people this is not just the old days where people in newsrooms knew things and couldn't say it it was all over twitter and has been pretty much since the story broke and at that point i thought hmm this is there's a rush to convict here you know there's a rush we don't know for sure it's him pretty sure but um and b you know he hasn't been named by anyone yeah, you know the police, the BBC, even the Sun. Not to speak of it, you know him naming himself or his family. Yeah. So there was a rush to c- convict, and I thought that's a bit kangaroo courtish. Yeah. Now I feel there's a rush to acquit. Right. Which is, hold on a second. You know, we we haven't got to the end of this, and just because. You know, he's a, he's a nice guy, and he has lots of mates. This is exactly what people don't like mm. about the established About London, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, London yeah. media is yeah. the way that they rally round him yeah. because he's a nice guy. Lots of nice guys in their private life also behave despicably, yeah. and the problem is this is and what distinguishes this from Philip Schofield. This is the BBC, it's Mm. a it's a different beast. And if you go and work there and you reach the seniority of someone like Hugh Edwards, which he has, you know, he couldn't wait for Dimbleby to leave the election anchoring role. And I have to say of Hugh Edwards, he did a great job. You know, He's extremely good at his job, but he sought out this role. Mm. And with it comes some quite constraining responsibilities. So when you say there's a rush to
0: acquit, to acquit him of what charges? Because this is what's central to my position. Well, which is that we just don't know how good, bad, or indifferent he is. You no, know. but that's what I'm it saying. Could be anything? I, I,
1: I'm not. I'm not preempting what the internal yeah, inquiry. But will
0: his, his. I mean, look. Let's state the fact. His, his career is over. You know, I mean, his career is finished. So? I mean... Yeah, he'll never be back on the BBC News Maybe
1: not so. on the BBC, but I mean, I think, I think he's playing a long game. And... Do you he, think he's... Pl- so, I mean, that's an interesting
0: phrase to use about a guy who's in a psychiatric hospital. Yeah, but he... Okay, but he
1: was... If Andrew Billen of the Times is to be believed, yeah. he had lunch with Andrew Billen on th- last Thursday. Right.
0: But, I mean, that could be, as we all know, mental health can be very it, well disguised with people indeed. who are in Yeah,
1: I mean, I am... I'm speaking very much at the moment. I'm aware that a week from now, things might look very yeah, different. Yeah, But one of the things that, uh, about the, the whole question, again, you know, things that are unresolved, like the role of social media in all this, our, how we treat mental health in cases is, I think, more complex than we sometimes acknowledge. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, you have a duty of care to someone who's in what is clearly a terrible predicament. Yes, but it does not absolve you of, the, of, of, of responsibility. The, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I and I, I can't speak to him, but I can speak to myself, which is yeah. I'm twenty years sober. Okay, yeah. and one of the congratulations by the way. Thank you very Fantastic. much. I wish I could say the same. No, but I, you know, it's, I, it's not a brag at yeah, all. No, because I only did that with help. Yeah. And one of the core principles of the help was. That you have to take responsibility for your actions. Yeah. That the illness may be an explanation, but it is never an excuse. Yeah. So that was made me nervous last night, which yeah. was I was torn between huge sympathy because you just on a human level. Yeah. And this goes back to your point about the tawdryness. You know, yeah. that y- you don't want anyone, full stop, yeah. to end up in, in in a hospital. You know, part, partly because of, or perhaps wholly because of what's happened in the last week but at the same time actually that's not material i'm afraid mm. to the rights and wrongs of what he's done yeah. so let's assume as we said earlier
0: that these complainants are telling the truth and i think that's a reasonable assumption well some know. of them who knows yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. but the most i've seen is that he 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 put people in you know he made them very uncomfortable he made them very upset there was inappropriate communication he was a middle-aged man flirting with younger people and it was all a bit seedy and a bit grubby and, and
1: many people have lost their jobs since me too for exactly for that exactly that that's absolutely
0: true that's absolutely true wouldn't a fairer way i guess this is what i'm trying to say is that if the world was a slightly nicer fairer place those complainants would have been made at the time Those people wouldn't have been in fear of retribution from the mighty Hugh Edwards. They'd have made a complaint. An organisation like the BBC has got HR people coming out of its ears. There would have been a process. He would have been disciplined. He might have lost his job. That might have been
1: the story. But here we're at the bone, which is that the BBC does have more HR people than there are troops in the Ukrainian army, right? (laughs) But as Tim Davey, the Director General's own timeline revealed the first complaint yeah. was made by a uh a family member mm. of complainant number one yeah who went in may to a bbc location and it took seven weeks for that complaint to be dealt with now uh, Tim Davies said, "Oh, but we get 250 cases of ev- serious cases every six months." Well, I'm sorry, but you know, actually, yeah. for an a organisation the size of the BBC, that's not that many, yeah. and that length of delay. Um, do,
0: do you think so? It's not. I mean, that's two a day. Well, you
1: know, that's a lot. Yeah, but I mean, there are a lot. Of, you know, you've you've wandered around the BBC but that, to investigate. Yeah, I have. But you know, to investigate but, that. Number. Okay, but to your point, then, if you have a A case like this which involves you know in news terms you're top man yeah you put it to the top of the pile and say hold on a second you get in touch with you know the head of news you get in touch with probably with Hugh Edwards himself who apparently wasn't informed of any of it until last week and you say what do you think? Yeah. I mean, at, the, at but minimum... But maybe they
0: did. And maybe well, Hugh no, Edwards no. said it's
1: complete bollocks. No, they didn't. Hugh Edwards has, has said that he, he uh, okay. by his wife, they, right. they didn't find out oh, until that's right. last you're right. week. You're right, right? Yeah. So, again, you know, the, 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 the essence of the son story, yeah. the initial son story was... Which is bollocks. Well, it's bollocks that it's criminal, right? Yeah. But, but the core of their story was, why has it taken so long
0: for yeah. them to act? But you're talking about... Believing complainants. Well, the complainant in that case said it's literally said it's bollocks. Said it's absolute. The quote was, "It's absolute rubbish." Yeah, and he he is a.
1: We are told also a um, a crack adult
0: Well, so, according to his right and stepdad. Who so I re- who so are, I revert to so, my
1: initial point, which yeah. is this still needs to be investigated. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what I'm I suppose I suppose what I'm trying to just step back from yeah. is I felt last night very uncomfortable about the way in which there was a kind of it's the sun he's he Hugh has got a mental illness yeah um it's very sad yeah nothing more to see move along so
0: what you've got is a bunch of people jumping on whichever side of the fence they prefer depending on what their agenda is they either think the sun is a right-wing monster or they think the bbc should be defunded Uh, but in the middle. You've got this individual yeah, who and also, has been
1: crucified. And also, I think there should be in the middle decent journalists. You see, I don't... Yeah. F- park the sun for a moment, right? Yeah. I don't think for a minute, and I think you wouldn't either, claim that Victoria Derbyshire has got a vicious vendetta against the no. BBC or Hugh per no, Edwards personally. No, no. Right, but she's clearly been on it. So I I like to think that the, the middle is not just Hugh Edwards and his family yeah. suffering. It's also journalists who still believe it's possible to pursue a story like this in a way that is, you know, fearless but compassionate. And I mm. think we have to believe that. Mm. And, or what we're going to do is we're going to have one of two extremes, one yeah. of which is we destroy whoever's life we want. Yeah, which, I mean, which,
0: is, which is, has been the Sun's MO for a long it's time. Been,
1: it's been... The, you know, to,
0: the, the we, idea that Kelvin McKenzie, the editor of the Sun, in its, what some describe as its pomp, uh, was on The World at One on, on the BBC's flagship mid afternoon radio programme, uh, outlining his case against the BBC. This is the guy who had to pay Elton John a million pounds for literally fabricating homophobic bullshit about
1: actually, it. Actually, should we, should we see if we can get a clip of that? Because it's yeah, rather. Yeah, Matt, if yeah. Maybe Matt, Matt number three can yeah, do that. Our, yeah, we can get a producer. bit of Kelvin on. Is there another potential, potential issue, and, and all of this, of course, is speculation because there is so little that has it been independently verified here, but is there another potential issue in that in that if you wanted to avoid injunctions, there are ways of releasing stories? Right. There is absolutely no doubt that, uh, that there can be a drip, drip, drip effect which kind of gets round things. In this particular case, that would not have been the circumstance. Bizarrely, nobody in the tabloid world wants to be the actual person that, that blows up somebody's life. They're, so they're, they're prepared to strike, but they're not prepared to wound.
0: The irony for me now is that the sun is now being propped up by these other allegations, which are coming out to To play by people who clearly have experienced a bad side of of Hugh Edwards and are absolutely right to make their complaint, but it's it's. I think you talk about the rush to acquit. I think there's a bit of a, a of a march to acquit the son from a journalistic cock up. I think the journalism was appalling well, in this I, case. I, I,
1: look, I, I don't want to acquit the son of anything. I yeah. just all no, I'm no, saying. No, not you, but I'm just saying that's what, the other what side. I, what yeah. I would want to sort of make a plea for is that we don't lose sight. You know. At, at the center of this are com- the complainants, and some of them, you know, deserve a hearing and they Definitely. should get a hearing from the BBC. Yeah. And also um, to make a plea for a form of journalism that is and you know, we've talked about this a lot, you know, that, that is not polarized. Yeah. That is that is rigorous and, you know, compassionate but but not afraid of the truth. And the truth in this case may be very unpalatable mm-hmm. to a country that has come to love Hugh Edwards. Mm-hmm. You know, I I find it, yeah. you know, distasteful. Yeah, but he won't be the first person that has let people down horrifically. No, and no. If, if he's
0: done what he's done, what would happen in that fair world that doesn't exist? The people would complain, there'd be a process, he'd be disciplined or fired. And that would be the story. Yes. That's when it would be on the front page of the Sun. I, I, what I, happened instead was, it was on the front page of the Sun with a story that wasn't true. And then we now go into the discipline uh Arena. Meanwhile, he's in a psychiatric hospital. It just yeah. feels desperately upside down to me. Yeah,
1: and I think Tim Davy, who uh, should be proud of his news organisation, should be ashamed of his investigative process because I think it was totally. too, long, yeah, too yeah, long. Totally.
0: What the, do you think, just before we close off, Jeremy Vine, just because I've got a particular bee in my bonnet on this.
1: I just think, you know. Um, this is it, him saying. Him, him saying, you him come, you must come, come forward.
0: You, to spare us all the agonies, I, I mean, it.
1: my feeling is that um, it. It was not for others to say come forward. Yeah, uh, least of all colleagues and a lot of yeah. a lot of his colleagues, as we know, were f- falsely named on on social media. Yeah, and, uh, and they all
0: came out and denied it. And and hopefully, by the way, I hope they s- go through Twitter and sue every single one of those people who were saying Gary Lineker's a nonce, Jeremy Vine's a nonce. You know, all of these, yeah. all of this stuff. I hope they sue them all. You know, I hope there's a penalty finally for people. With this flagrant disregard for truth and and just this willful, agenda-laden nastiness on yeah. social media. I
1: mean, a final thought in that category is surely this nails once and for all the claim of social media platforms that they are just platforms and not, not publishers yeah, exactly. you know I mean surely this they, they this have case published this story has shown that that Sorry. is not a tenable um, argument in 2023
0: alright well listen that seems a good point to pause and after the break we'll come back and maybe talk about the BBC a little bit Let's more do broadly that.
1: ok hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith co-star of my upcoming film If only in theatres May 17th Do you want to tell people the big news
0: the BBC as an organisation has got massive issues
1: challenging. Yeah. And I think that's probably what one of the big legacies of this story is going to be. Yeah. Um, I mean, big picture is you've got a director general, Tim Davey, who might have had the non naming story gone on much longer, might have found himself in really deep trouble, having already mismanaged the Gary Lineker issue over tweeting and social media um, and I think he was slightly lucky, saved by um, the, the the decision of Hugh Edwards and family to, to, to identify himself yeah. you've also got um, you know, an abs- there isn't a, a chair yeah. for the BBC and uh, there's an acting chair but the, there isn't a chair since Richard Sharp decided he had to resign because he spending too much time as Boris, Boris Johnson's Johnson. personal banker <laughs> Um, that was in April yeah. um, and in June they um, they appointed uh, Professor Dame Ellen Closs Stevens who's a very admirable choice but clearly not a permanent choice yeah. and you know th- the government has got itself in all sorts of knots over this because as you know they wanted um, Charles Moore, they wanted Paul Dacre yeah. they wanted a ideologue to be chair of the BBC and that's that's not a good plan. because Did you say
0: ideologue or ideologue? Well, I mean, clearly you it say Idealogue. Well, yeah.
1: no, I, 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 I have fun with it. You, I, you're, you're
0: on the theogue side of that face. No,
1: I say it depending on mood. Really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, depending so on time of day. With, in the absence of an Idealogue. The BBC's racing towards it like an yeah. 18-wheeler truck, yeah. 2027, yeah. which is going to be a massive year for its future because that's the year when the government of the day will decide whether to keep going with the license fee that's right and if not what and also it's the year of charter renewal so this is existential stuff yeah now tim davies predecessor uh, tony hall saw off a, just before covid started actually a very concerted attempt by dominic cummings to change the bbc into a subscription service get rid of the license fee and he saw it off with a combination of logic which was it was revealed that they'd have to switch off all the free view boxes in order to change it to That's a, right. so, you know and that yeah. was 18 million viewers but also i think a very sort of uh strong campaign saying look you know if you don't have a, a, um, a compulsory levy you're basically abolishing the bbc mm. you can keep you can keep the the service and turn it to subscription like netflix or um apple plus or paramount plus but you're not you won't what you have at the end won't be the bbc yeah so you saw it off but that argument comes from two places i think it comes from the the sort of the right-wing bbc haters who just have been longing, you know, way back to the Thatcher days to get rid of this thing and privatise it. And they've got
0: their hashtag, defund the BBC. Defund the
1: BBC. Because, you know, there there are two great collectivist institutions of the 20th century. One is the National Health Service and the other is the BBC. And the Tories don't feel at home with either. And
0: nor does Rupert Murdoch and co. You know, I mean... No. And,
1: and, well, there was that wonderful... uh, What was it, the story that Rachel Johnson told? About... About Murdoch, Um, he was
0: Murdoch. Oh yeah, no, sorry. When he was dandling um, Wilf, the kid's name, Wilf, Wilf, little Wilf, on on when Boris Johnson was
1: still prime minister. What a picture, by the way. It's it's an endearing image, isn't it? It's like
0: Succession come to life, isn't it? In its own way, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, and saying,
1: you know, you've got to kill the BBC. I mean, as if that's the way it's done. But yeah, I mean, maybe it is. Maybe it is done that way. Um, and and Maybe that's what would have happened had Boris Johnson remained Prime Minister. But certainly, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, there's a great piece in the New European this week by uh, Liz Liz Gerald about how, you know, all these politicians and editors are still yeah Paying court to you know That's uh, right. going to pay court to uh, yeah Richard, some people think Rupert it's Hiddock.
0: like it's a sort of conspiracy of networking and and vested interests and they're absolutely bloody right it really well,
1: is it made me it made me laugh because um i was i was at the times in 1995 when uh, blair famously went to hayman island um yeah, in to, to do a speech, to, yeah. to speech and yeah. i was at hayman island yeah. um and you know it's certainly the case in 1995 that the way the Sun voted, yeah, I will not say it could be decisive. I don't believe the famous Kelvin McKenzie headline that it was the Sun what won it in ninety two. Yeah, right. But it was obvious that Labour's pursuit of press baron had, had a certain, you know, hard electoral logic yeah. to it. Now I'm not sure that's true anymore. I don't know what you think. But what
0: about the influence of national? Yeah, uh, national I mean, I, I think I
1: think look, I think Murdoch is probably going to back Sunak at the next election, and I think yeah. he's going to be handed his hat.
0: Well, also, I think Rupert Murdoch is at the age of ninety, in danger of dying at some point. And well, when he does die, uh, uh, I think the, the whichever the boys ends up running the empire, Kendall we'll, or Roman, Kendall or Roman <laughs> will I'd definitely not shift. Will de- will bin off the newspapers oh, yeah. as quickly as they can, and uh,
1: maybe keep the Wall Street Journal.
0: Yeah, whatever. Se- well, whatever seems. But certainly not to the British. Empire. The British titles, but I think. M- Murdoch, um, Rupert Murdoch. Uh, the only reason those newspapers are still in the Empire is because he loves print, you know, and he loves yeah. newspaper journalists. No, he's journalists. a proper, he, he's, he's got a, ink in his blood yeah, and all yeah. that. Uh, and also, to be fair to him, he, he does invest in them, yeah. you know, and um, we, we, uh, we talked about the sale of the Spectator, you know. And yeah. He's probably the ideal owner for the Spectator. I think you know, he'd really enjoy he, it. And, I think and he'd... he'd pump loads of dough in it. Yeah, and, yeah. You know uh, But, you know, when, um, when he goes, I think uh, the Sun, which loses an awful lot of money um, each year, I think that will probably just be wound down into an online operation, you know, and, and it's, its influence hard. then will yes. be that of Buzzfeed's. Yes, in other words, who gives
1: a shit? You know? So you have one camp which is the the kind of the the, the 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 right and the Murdoch press. The other, and I think more important, um, threat to the BBC is that the generation now coming through um, have a completely different attitude towards how they. Consume information and news. Now, you know, for our generation, the the television was the convergence technology. Yeah, that was you know literally it was in the centre of the front room. You know, you you, you, we're you know we're of an age where uh, that that was where you kind of gathered round and watched the the telly. Yeah, and so there was a logic in having you know you have a telly, you got to pay a license fee. Now. Uh, you know the phone is the convergence device right now but you know who knows what it'll be in 10 years time when we have the internet of things and every you know your house is your convergence device which is a long-winded way of saying convincing people in their 20s that they should pay a compulsory levy on a television that they don't you know they don't own and they're never going to own gets a harder sell and also they're not you know my kids think it's Hilarious that I listen to the Today program in yeah. real time. Yes, you know they consume they consume a lot of media, but they do it via YouTube, via um, apps, via. Yeah. So the notion of this public space, yeah. the BBC, which we grew up with, is imperiled. I think more by generational change. That's right. And also
0: when when we were growing up, not to give away our, our advancing ages too much. You know, late thirties. Yeah, but it was one of three channels. You know, so mm. it felt like. You know, now it's one of tens of thousands of channels, and some yeah. of which you can buy for six ninety. You know, you can buy hundreds of channels on Netflix, equivalent of absolutely for six or seven quid a month. And but you choose to do that, and there's no choice about the BBC. That's that's the thing. I what mean- I would say is, I, I just think that it's it's a great institution and it does great things. I think it does too many things. Mm-hmm. I think it's too, I, I hate it when they compete for sports rights, for instance, because I kind of think. You're ramping up the cost of it to enormous levels, but someone else is willing to do it to a high standard as well. Let them do it, I think. But the beeb is creating. Don't amazing- you
1: like the so the crown jewels idea that there should be some?
0: Well, I said so. No, and but that's established in law. So yes. there are, you know, there are things that are established in law. FA Cup final, F- Wimbledon. And- I think Jordan, yeah. be, be available to uh, to an But that aside, if somebody if. It, you know, if ITV wants to bid for Premier League rights, uh, highlights in the match of the day, God bless Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer and Co. But I would say, well, if it's costing hundreds of millions of pounds, let ITV pay for it, and it, it won't be hundreds of millions of pounds then because the the market will be diminished because the BBC won't be helping ramp up the price. But I do think there is something. I agree completely about your point about kids saying, pay for pay for a television license sounds mm. nuts. I do think that it is worth paying for, but it should be proportionate to people's incomes. Oh, totally. You know, the idea that I only pay the same for my licence fee as somebody who is, you know, on pension poverty and goes to a food bank is just insane. It's like the poll tax, actually. I mean,
1: it's it's the liberal equivalent of the poll tax. and, And you're dead right. I mean... It's bonkers, isn't it? That we we, we all pay the same. And I think, you know, Richard Sharp actually said in in an interview in The Telegraph that clearly the license fee as it is now is going to have to go. Yeah. Because attaching it to the ownership of a telly isn't going to last for many more years. It really isn't. That's right. And maybe the best way is to have a progressive tax linked to some form of utility bill. Um, I think that the the compulsion aspect will be very hard to sell. Mm. It's a bargain. Mm. Thirteen quid a month for Mm. what you get is a
0: bargain. Only if you use it and you want it, though. Well,
1: but you get... I mean, this is why I think that... uh, While I agree with you that it probably does a bit too much, I also understand the universalist argument that it has to have something for everyone, right? Which is why Tim Davey is not a newsman, a director general, Tim Davey, not a newsman, and he's not necessarily the world's greatest news manager. um, But what he does understand is... Is that it has to produce Strictly's. it has to produce shows that um, around which the nation can gather. Yeah, but uh, those those shows can also be incredibly lucrative in terms exactly. of global because licensing it ge- because they it can genera- pay for themselves because it generates revenue. But also yeah. because you know it's the pr- the problem with subscription answers is that you end up with NPR National yeah. Public Radio yeah. in, in America, yeah. which is very worthy, very middle class programming for a very small tranche of the nation. Yeah, whereas the BBC and I think it had a golden period during the pandemic where having just survived a extinction level event with dominic cummings coming after them within nine days they built the broadcasting equivalent of a nightingale hospital yeah. which was you know to provide education That's right. uh, channels to provide you know box sets yeah. online you know to really rally round and i think it was that was a demonstration of why having a public service broadcaster of that scale and with that funding is totally different to the algorithmically driven streaming services that we've all, yeah. you know, started to subscribe to. But it's going to be a big lift yeah. to get those 20-somethings and 30-somethings on board for the next generation, I yeah. think.
0: I do think you used the word algorithm there, which prompted a, a, a slight beef I've got with them, which is this dumbing down, which it can, online, especially, when you look at the BBC's homepage... And you see the most read stories or, you know, uh, you get a news alert saying that Madonna's feeling a bit better and has gone to bed. You know, it's like, please have a sense of perspective I and mean, proportion. I it, you know?
1: it's, it's, it's a brilliant point. You make it's because got, to, it's hit, got to stand aside from the fray. And there's a twist here, which I think links into what we were saying in the first half, which is, I think like you, I was baffled by the coverage the BBC gave to the Schofield and Holly Willoughby story. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know it was top of the yeah. site and uh for days. Yeah. And I think ironically, one of the reasons the, the, the BBC has sort of chased Hugh Edwards so is because of because They, they, they had the model. They had the well, they yeah. felt obliged. Yeah, you know, yeah. we went after Schofield, we've got to go after yeah. things. So I do agree. I mean I think look, if it's not providing High quality, distinctive journalism. What's the point? And it does. I mean, you know, there's. You you look at Clive Myrie, who's who's uh, being mooted as a possible successor to Hugh Edwards on the Ten. Brilliant, brilliant broadcaster, yeah. and a man of great physical courage in Ukraine and everywhere. Yeah. You know their lineup is yeah, no, second to none.
0: Second and Well, up. that brings it full circle. So, and we've had a very, very good chat. Actually, I think this has been our most uh, contentious. It has. It's been podcast, um, but
1: I've enjoyed it. It's been the rumble in a jungle, <laughs> if not the jungle. <laughs> What didn't we have time to talk about? Well, this week? I mean, uh, to slightly contradict myself, uh, having said that it is an important story, uh, it, it, the the BBC one. I mean, it has kind of eclipsed a huge number. I mean, I don't think we can got time to cover them, but you know, in you know, one of the things that has happened is that the migration bill, yeah. the government's flagship migration bill, is in all sorts of trouble. Yeah. The Lords have, have passed lots of amendments, which the Commons will. Um, kick out, yeah, yeah. but they've had to back down on a number of the more horrific aspects of it, particularly uh, involving mothers and children. Yeah. Um, but it, it it it's been a sort of spectacle of how unpleasant that yeah. bill is. graverman
0: has gone to ground a bit, hasn't she? She has. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you think she'll get binned off when they get battered in these by elections next week? I
1: think she's very, she's vulnerable. Yeah, um, because the. The policy is not working. No. I mean, even if let's say the migration bill went, the, the illegal migration bill went through unamended, and you know, they they can't get anyone out to Rwanda. The no. the courts it's stuck in the courts, right. and they've promised a lot, and so you have Sunak who's saying, um, I'm going to deliver on the economy. He's not delivering yeah. on the economy. I'm going to halve inflation. I'm going to inflation. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you for playing, Mr. Sunak. You know, <laughs> here's your blanky blank checkbook and pen, right? <laughs> um, and then he says, well, I, if I don't do that, I'm going to stop the boats, right? Yeah, yeah. That's and, not happening either. I mean, not that we wanted him to, but yeah. let's say we did. He's yeah. not. Yeah. So I think... But I th- he has
0: got views on the laws of cricket... And whether Hugh Edwards should be named. Yeah. So he's not so much a prime minister as a kind of podcaster in waiting, isn't
1: he? He is. And I think he's, I mean, look, he, he's a hedge funder. He knows how to plan ahead. He's right? just, he, but
0: he's just giving random comments on stuff on his I way to important basically
1: meetings. basically he's uh, anything that won't, Involved talking about About the economy, the economy or standard of living, and but the funny thing is that was on the way to the NATO (laughs) summit, right? Which you know some might argue is more important than Hugh Edwards and the BBC. And 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 what was interesting about that? I mean, in you know, brief was that Zelensky was as cross as he's ever the president of Ukraine uh, was as cross as he's ever been. In, in public, I think, with the West yeah. yet in the, in the conflict. I thought
0: that Ben Wallace remark was about Amazing. we're not Amazon, mate. You, you know, know, what about a bit gratitude? Yeah, No, it, it be extraordinary.
1: And what they've, you know...
0: Did they say that in 1940 when we were talking about lend-lease, you know? Yeah. If, if I mean, you
1: were a bit more publicly grateful. Yeah, can you... Yeah. FTR rings up Churchill yeah, and yeah, says, uh, yeah, Winston, man, I'm, honestly, you're not being very grateful about all these <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, I mean, I, that I think ruled out Wallace sort of on on principle from the NATO job but what is interesting is that you know Ukraine has been asking for NATO membership since it gave up its nuclear weapons yeah and it's still in in limbo and I have that horrible feeling that at at the end somehow as usual Ukraine is going to be betrayed I hope I'm wrong so much but I I don't
0: Well, that's a fascinating way to end this podcast. Thank you very much for listening to The Two Mats, And remember, the latest edition of The New European is on the newsstands right now. And you can always visit our website to see what we are all about. That's at the And podcast listeners can get a great deal on a subscription. Head to the neweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S. Uh, to subscribe, and I'll give you one of my free Bollocks to Brexit passport covers, should you do so. There's a link in the show notes. Thanks, as ever, to our producer, the third Matt. That's Matt Hill at Rethink Audio. And until next week... It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods,